Hello, my name is Selena. And my name's Theoni, and you are listening to Piping Hot. Welcome to another episode of Piping Hot. Selena asked me to introduce the episode today, and that was the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. You, you sound so unsure of yourself. Your like voice is a little shaky. You're like, welcome. <laughs> And my voice went up like five octaves because I don't know what I'm doing. This isn't my job. This is not in my contract. What what am I doing? Oh my god. You did fantastic. You did Thank so you great. So much. I hope you guys liked that um little switch up we did. I know I did not quite live up to Selena, but you know, I, I did I did my best with a really you difficult really situation. So should be applauding me anyways oh how's gosh. it going <laughs> it's going good it's going good i mean we haven't it's not been long since we last talked so but it's been it's been going good how are you i'm good i'm just in the thick of moving right now so i spent the morning yeah. running to home depot to get stuff to fill in the holes in the walls that i wasn't really supposed to make holes in in the first place and <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and i'm trying to just like move everything over slowly but it's also been yeah. so hot in boston these past few days Oof. that like moving anything and doing any kind of stairs without like constant air has yeah. been like brutal so i'm trying to like do a few things a day so I don't like kill myself in the process yeah well it doesn't help that you're on like the fifth floor too like that's where your apartment is at like oh my gosh (laughs) yeah I know honestly I'm so excited for my new place because you literally just walk right into the living room with no steps at all like it's just right there biggest blessing literally ever that's gonna be so freaking nice. I know, literally life changing to be honest. Yeah. So. Oh, I was gonna say too. Recently, mm. I've I don't know if you get this urge, but I get the urge to like just randomly redesign everything, like to like reorganize the room. Like I'm thinking of like moving the bedroom around mm. and like doing all this. Like it's so weird, and I just need to like chillax. But I'm also like <laughs> I need to change. <laughs> I don't know. See, it's never. I, I don't get in the moods where I want to rearrange. I get in the moods where I spend an exorbitant amount exorbitant <laughs> amount of money on like new furniture or like pillows or blankets that I don't need. Oh. So I don't rearrange. I just get new stuff, which is not good for the old bank <laughs> account. But yeah. that's what I do. But I do have a friend yeah. who does the same thing as you where every time she like goes through something, she's like time to rearrange my room. She's like, if I FaceTime you and show you like my room in a new like organized way, then you know that something's going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know why. I have like this urge that I like want to literally just like flip flop <laughs> my bedroom and just like put the dresser where the bed is now and put the bed mm-hmm. where the dresser is now. It's literally just a flip flop, but I'm like, I have to do it. <laughs> but it's I'm like annoying. it's starting fresh. It just feels yeah. feels like a starting over, you know? Yeah. I, I get it, yes. man. I get it. <laughs> Did you, you do thanks. it recently? Or just no, you felt the urge? I felt the urge and I talked to Jack just today when he got home. And I was like, hey, I know you're going to hate me, but how, how does it sound if we like flip this? And he's like, I don't I don't really see why we need to do that. And I'm like, well, I need to do it, though. <laughs> you're like, it doesn't matter if there's a reason. I just yeah. need to. Exactly. So that's that's that. 
thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically. Hilarious. He's going to come home one day and you're just going to be like knee deep and moving stuff around and I he's going to be like, okay, all right. Exactly. Exactly. He doesn't oh even need God. to agree. I just need to tell him and I'll do it myself. <laughs> so another thing that we just have to talk about before we get into anything else is what happened with the love of my life, unfortunately, <laughs> Joshua Bassett. Tell him, Selena. Tell him. So yesterday we got a notification that our tickets to go see Theoni's future husband, Joshua Bassett, in Boston in September was canceled. His entire tour was canceled due to production, shooting, scheduling, well, whatever. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't the entire tour. There's maybe four cities that still get a show. There were another list of cities that were rescheduled for 2023. And then there was another set of cities that was completely canceled. And Boston was one of the ones that was completely canceled, not rescheduled, not still on. So out of all of those... <laughs> Are you Theoni, this is news to me. Are you kidding me? Shut I'm up. Not joking. Shut up. What? Why? How? Yeah. How is it that we the one city that we buy tickets to is canceled? Not even rescheduled, just freaking canceled. Because the universe hates us and <laughs> Maybe maybe this is a sign that like I'm not ready to meet my husband yet. So yeah. like they just want me to wait until I I know that's so wrong because guess what? That's just freaking rude. We deserve to see him in concert after all yes. this planning we did. Selena bought a ticket to Boston like we were so ready to go. And this also happened we to us last year with Ben Platt when we were supposed to see him. It also got canceled. Ben Platt's got canceled for COVID. Joshua Bassett canceled some of his shows or rescheduled due to production so either way we are hated in this world and yeah i want to cry so i'm convinced that the universe is like that's enough concerts for you two like no yeah. more no more for you so we're gonna cancel oh, every <laughs> literally apparently being front row to the jonas brothers and bawling yeah. our eyes out to gotta find you was enough apparently they really? said you have enough joy so you're done now. Like, that's, that's rude. It. Sorry. Oh, my God. I'm, like, so heated. I'm <gasps> so angry because we were even planning, like, our outfits, too. Because it's getting close to that time where it's, like, we had to plan. Like, we were so mm -hmm. excited to wait in line. We were going to get front row, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And now it's just freaking canceled. Like, oh, I love him too much to put him on my shit list. But, like, I... See it. See, the thing is, is that, like, y if you do me wrong, like, you're going on it anyways. And so <laughs> his name is, like, very tiny on my list, but he's still on the list, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Tristan Thompson is, like, really big and bold. And then it's Ben Platt. And then <laughs> it's, like, Joshua Bassett, just, like, at the bottom. Like, really, really tiny. <laughs> what are you drinking today? Uh, today I am drinking peppermint tea, nice. which is... No, like I don't know I, I was like looking at my tea cabinet I'm like I don't know what I want but it's been a little rainy here in Minnesota so I was like peppermint sounds good and I haven't been feeling well so I just like want something a little like lighter just like neutral mm. you know not too fruity not too sweet so sure yeah what about you um I'm drinking water <laughs> I, I really which is basically like tea just without any yeah. flavor um, but, but I just really, that was the dumbest thing I've ever said. Um, but I just, after I was telling Selena before we hopped on, 
the episode, but I drank a Celsius earlier today and I don't think I ate enough food to balance it out. So like that 200 milligrams of caffeine is just making me feel so woozy. Like I don't know what's happening in my body right now. So I was like, I don't, I don't need anything. And most of my, I think almost all of my teas are caffeinated. So like, I don't need more of that in my oh, life. Yeah, so. no. So. All right. What pop culture things do you have this week? Oh my gosh. For some reason, I was like, don't we have another segment? I forgot what it was. But yeah, it's pop culture. <laughs> so I only have a few. Um, since we decided okay. to not do an episode on this movie, I just have to bring up the movie Purple Hearts really quick. Yes. Um, I, at first watch, I was like, this isn't quite as good as everyone said. But I was like, okay, it's fine. But then the more that I saw critiques about it on TikTok, the more I was like, wow, Mm. I kind of did not like that movie at all. Um, I also think the cover they did of Sweet Caroline was absolutely heinous. I just did not like that at all. Um, But just the way that it was like so conservative and then so liberal and then the way that they talked about things just seemed so disrespectful and didn't... It wasn't even Mm. like they did it in a way where it's like, okay, we learned something by the end of the movie about, you know, learning about other sides of the coin or like people coming to around to certain ideas or like anything like that. It just seems so misplaced and pointless because at the end of the day, I feel like it was just like, okay, well, we're completely different people with completely different morals and values and ideas about things, but we're just gonna pretend that that doesn't matter and live happily ever after. Um, And it just, yeah. So I honestly, I didn't like the movie and everyone was saying like, oh, it has all these tropes and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but I feel like it wasn't even good. Yeah. The way they were done. I don't know. It sounds dismissive. I haven't seen it, but it sounds like it's dismissive and also like putting things under the rug. Like, oh, it's fine. It's Mm -hmm. fine. We'll just like brush it off over there. Exactly. So, I don't know. I feel like watch it just to say that you have watched it, Um, Mm -hmm. but it is not the greatest. okay yeah Yeah. it's interesting because i'm on the side of tiktok where everyone was like oh my god it was so good blah 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 blah." but then i have seen a little a couple of videos on my feed about like critiques of the movie and i'm like oh that's interesting so i don't know i don't know if i'll watch it because i i don't like wasting my time yeah and i feel like when i had watched persuasion on netflix I had wasted my time, and so I feel like if I watch Purple Hearts, I'll waste my time. Facts. So maybe don't watch (laughs) it then. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Good to know, good to know. My next pop culture thing. So actually, I have two Kardashian-themed pop culture things. Okay. So the first one is that Kim K and Pete Davidson broke up, which here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people are saying it was always PR. It was always blah, blah, blah. Here's my thoughts about it. I think they truly did like each other, but Kim saw him as like fun, maybe better than she expected, kind of a good Mm. rebound situation that turned into a little bit more, but she probably knew in the back of her head it wasn't going to be long term. And then Pete was like, you know what? She pursued me. She's like a hot older woman. I'm just going to roll with this and live my best life. And so I do think there were like genuine feelings involved, but I don't think it was ever going to be long term. And I feel like they both kind of knew that, you know? I agree. 
I just feel so bad for Pete because I feel like he can't mm. catch a break. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude can pull almost any women in Hollywood, yet he literally cannot catch a freaking break. Like I know. You just need a nice girl, Pete. What's happening? <laughs> I know. You know who I really liked Pete with was Phoebe Dinever from Bridgerton. Me I actually too. thought they were such a cute couple. And I yes. wish they had lasted longer, but I know. like I know what the dynamic in their relationship was, but they looked <laughs> cute together. Yeah. So yes, I agree. Um, and then the last pop culture thing I have is that Khloe Kardashian surrogate gave birth to her new son. So now I did not her- see that. What the you heck? Didn't? Where where yeah. have I been? <laughs> what the? But yeah, so now Khloe is a mom of two. She had a son. I don't think we know the name yet. I saw TikTok comments saying they were going to name the boy Faithful. Oh, Faithful Thompson. my gosh. Stop. <laughs> People are savages in they the TikTok are. comments. But anyways, you know, I hope she's happy and they're able to yeah. at least come to some sort of amicable co-parenting situation for the sake of the children and chloe's well-being because she's been through enough but oh my gosh yeah wow i mean congratulations to her again like i said in our episode about her she just wants to be a mom and so i'm really happy that she that she's able to but what pop culture stuff do you have I only had Kim and Pete. Yeah, I mean, we didn't record that long ago our other episode, so it's yeah. not like a ton happened in that time. So yeah, and when Fair this enough, release, man. when this mm-hmm. episode comes out, there might be some things that we miss, but just know we recorded this a while ago. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> deal with it. No, that was so rude. Anyways, no. <laughs> that was so rude. So do you want to introduce them to our top? Well, they know what the topic is, but. Yes, today Theoni and I will be discussing the recently released Hulu film, Not Okay, starring Zoe Deutsch and Dylan O'Brien and Mia Isaac, because she deserves credit, okay? She does. (laughs) She was incredible. She was amazing. And like, I understand why Zoe and Dylan are doing a lot of press for this movie. It's because they are... Their names are very recognizable, but mm-hmm. Mia Isaac is the star of this movie, in my she opinion. She was incredible. Yeah. Okay, so to start off, I'm just gonna, or we can both share some overall mm-hmm. thoughts about the film. So I I kind of have mixed feelings. I feel like overall, I really like it, right? Yeah. Okay. I really like it a lot, but as... A mental health counselor myself mm. I did have a hard time coming to terms with the way that support groups were portrayed and I know that's like a very yeah. small thing that just wasn't accurate to what they were like and it's not and it's not even what it's supposed to be like like I know there was one yeah. quote in the um one quote in the movie where she says the support group is like a family that's not and support groups don't hang out with each other outside of the therapeutic space because that mm. that defeats the purpose of like therapy and also yeah it is very very rare unless it's a certain type of group that like a mother and daughter would be in the same support group like 
Yes. And also the makeup of the group with like the different ages and stuff like that. That's yeah. rare as well. So it was just a bit hard the way it was portrayed and the way that the therapists were going about things, which mm. I know people who maybe aren't a mental health counselor themselves, it probably wouldn't have been an issue. But for me, I was just like, this isn't quite portraying it right. And I wish it was portrayed yeah. more realistically. I get why they did it for the movie, but I just personally, I didn't love it. Interesting. Okay, because I being not a mental professional, <laughs> mental health professional, I didn't know that mm -hmm. that was like something that was completely off or not accurate. So that's super interesting. But that gives me like such a better insight as well. Because again, I would have I like did not even think a second time about it. I was like, okay, cool. They're playing kickball. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Like I'm sure there's some groups out there depending on like what it is in the age group and stuff maybe yeah. part of the group like there are different types of groups where you go out and do like team building activities and things like that but like again there were like five different kinds of groups with the same yeah. people which just doesn't happen anyways I'm not gonna go into like a full rant <laughs> about it but like it yeah. just it just didn't make sense and I was like yeah. oh yeah but anyways but what did you think overall okay. I really liked it I don't know why. I think maybe because it's like I'm so used to Hollywood making happy movies mm -hmm. that I thought this would have, you know, this would have a not a lighter tone, but definitely a happy ending. Mm -hmm. And it clearly did not. But I loved it because it didn't have a happy ending. Yes. I don't know. I just felt like it hit a lot harder the mm -hmm. way that Danny's story was told in addition to how it ended, which we'll talk about. But I, it surprised me. I, I really liked it. No, it definitely surprised me too. And I did appreciate the ending a lot because yeah. I think it just, yeah, I thought that was really important. So what fun facts do you have? You said you had a few. Yes, just, I mean, okay. not that many fun facts, maybe just facts. <laughs> um, so... The director and writer of the film, Quinn Shepard, was born in New Jersey on February 28th, 1995, which makes her 27 years old. I didn't realize she was that young. I didn't know either. Holy cow. That's for her. I know. That's so insane because I Googled it. Zoe Deutsch is 27 as well, and Dylan mm. is 30, and Mia Isaac is 18. So like a younger cast, but I was like, damn, 27 to direct and write a film that is like specially exclusively released on Hulu. Like, yeah. damn, girl. <laughs> I know. Get that's it. amazing. Good for yeah. her. And what a big opportunity, too. And I feel like she did it justice for what she was going for. Yes, I agree. I agree. And then another thing, too, about Quinn Shepard is that she is engaged to Nadia Alexander, who played Harper in the film, and they actually got engaged on set. Wait, who's who's Harper? Harper oh, was the one who ratted her really? out. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. They're, That's so they're engaged. Cute. It's so adorable. And she has pictures on her Instagram. Um, Quinn Shepard does. She has uh, pictures on her Instagram of her getting engaged on set. And it's like everyone is there. And it's just like so adorable. It's so That's cute. That's so cool. I know. Um, but yeah, no, she is a rock star. It also says that she was in the film, Quinn Shepard. But I didn't 
see her and i was trying to like google what role she played but maybe that just like went over my head so i don't know (laughs) um but that is all all the facts that i have (laughs) look those are super fun weren't they those are so fun (laughs) i just had the time of my life (laughs) wow Oh when you God. said fun facts, I thought it was going to be like a list. Oh, you're so funny. No. But I did appreciate I mean, that. Because I would I mean, never I... known. <laughs> they Wait, were fun. I thought they were a lot of fun. I mean, I guess another fun fact is that like they were really present on TikTok. And that's how I knew. That's how we knew about mm-hmm. this film. Mm-hmm. And they had like a huge presence leading up. Also during filming, too. Because mm-hmm. I remember seeing all of the stuff of Zoe getting ready and Dylan getting ready. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Should we start going through the film just as <laughs> yes. we go? Yeah. Okay. So one of the first quotes in the film was you just wake up every day thinking I want to be seen. And I just, again, I feel like right off the bat, we were all kind of relating to, gosh, what's her name? Daisy? Danny. Yes. (laughs) Daisy, what the heck? But no, I feel like right away they made Danny so relatable, which made her arc throughout the story that much more like painful to watch. Yes. Because it's like, you got so mad at her for making those choices, but you're also like, yeah. you're just so lonely and confused. And like, anyways, not that that excuses it. It does not like we learn. Yeah. But anyways, I just like that quote right off the bat. No, it definitely opened pretty strong. And again, I think that's why I thought it was going to have a happy ending. Like some mm. some sort of way that like in general, Hollywood usually has all these happy endings for movies and the way that it started, I'm like, oh, like she's going to be redeemed or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, obviously that was not the case. And again, I think that was just more so for us to relate to her. I will say I had to like immediately adjust to the vibes of this movie. And I think that Mm -hmm. was when she was like talking to her boss. Yeah, her boss was going through her article of like really, really bad takes. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I knew some parts were going to be cringe and I would just have to roll with it, which Mm -hmm. it was. But I'm I'm happy that the movie leaned into it when there was Mm -hmm. a bit of cringe. I mean, I guess more more power to them for leaning into that as early as they could, especially when it deals with like social media and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff can be cringe pretty fast. (sighs) I know. And and I agree. But I feel like like you said, the way that they leaned into it was super important because otherwise I don't think it would have been successful in getting the message yes. across. But I actually like oh, yeah. the format they used and like the different parts um, yes. along the way. I thought it was so cool and was very effective for like the movie, you know. <laughs> the titles of some of the I parts know. killed me. I know. <laughs> I, was <laughs> like, I was like, wait, there. I think, wait, I don't know what part it was, but it was basically the title was it like, um, like I'm a good person now or something <laughs> like just something really like, okay, I yeah. guess you're a good person now, but yeah. yeah. So here's one thing. Some of the things that were said, like you said, were so cringy, but they were, I, I am one of those people. I will admit it. I love edgy humor. That is like borderline that should not be said out loud. Like, yeah. It, I think it's why I love The Office so much. Like, I love edgy humor, okay? So Mm -hmm. when they made the the comment about having FOMO about 9-11, I lost it. That's so horrible. I know. It just made me laugh. 
I know. It was. Am I a horrible person? But that was so funny. Yeah. Like that. It was that. (laughs) And there was something with like, oh, God, there was another thing that she had said in her article (laughs) that I was like, holy crap. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's it's really, really awful. Like really awful. Oh, my God. Dylan O'Brien's character throughout the whole thing was so funny like Mm -hmm. i did not know dylan o'brien could be so funny but like even the (laughs) accent or like the voice that he used and the way he acted like he was so funny um and then like that huge joint he had outside (laughs) the matcha place with like the five different things so (laughs) yeah it was like ridiculous in the funniest way possible it was and then she like smokes it and she's like coughing for like five minutes as he's just doing whatever's happening and then when he walks away and calls her some name and she goes my name's danny and he goes no it's colin i died (laughs) like he's just so funny he was so over the top and just (laughs) freaking ridiculous but i loved it and again like the movie leaned into the parts where they wanted to lean in and like his character was definitely one because it's like influencer mixed with e-boy mixed with like fuck boy as well like just so so much to like mix for that personality but it was it was so good oh also i forgot i i i like cackled when harper was walking into danny's office and um cullen was i don't know he was there and Har- he was like hey harper how are you doing and harper was like colin you're from maine and he drops his accent yes. and was like we're all from somewhere harper like <laughs> so funny so funny <laughs> i think that happens way later in the movie it does that, that was one of my favorite moments yes oh my god it was oh so, god. Funny. <laughs> so funny you're or from Maine. Way, or, or even the way he would just go, yeah. And like the yeah. way he like did, I don't know why. Oh my God. Everything he did was just so funny. But anyways. Yeah, really. Speaking of the matcha place, um, that's kind of when we get to see Danny have a first little inkling of her plan, right? She kind of mm-hmm. lies on the spot with Colin. And again... I think the movie does a great job of establishing where Danny is in the social hierarchy and just how much she doesn't fit in in her life and work literally in every single freaking aspect. Mm-hmm. So when we finally got to her motive, when she decided to do what she decided to do, I was like, OK, I I guess I understand. Like, I can see where you're coming from. It seems harmless. It's fine. Until the attacks happened. That's when I started to get uncomfy because she willingly went along with it while she was completely sober because that's an excuse that she uses when she apologizes. Like, she was completely in her head when she decided to go along with it still even after the attacks had happened in Paris. Mm -hmm. But I think I knew when it was game over and basically like a point of no return when she went to the airport and acted like she had landed with everyone else. I was like... Ugh, it just made me so sick. Like, I was no, like, what literally. are you doing? Like, my stomach was in a knot. I was like, you're not you're not just saying whatever. You are, like, really thinking about how to make it as believable yes. as possible. And, like, 
it just shows how desperate some people can be and it it yeah. i just it it really made me sick and unfortunately yeah. that was definitely a discourse on what I mean, maybe not to that extent, but a lot of yeah. people just try to get their 15 minutes of fame or like yeah. their attention. And even the media will exploit different people who go through tragedies or like, yes, any like, oh no, my you're gosh. so I right. Just... Because the picture of her hugging her parents went freaking viral, mm -hmm. of course. And I, I mean, I guess, again, you can argue that that is what journalism does right i mean i think that's how we are so in tune with like everything that's happening even like at the border in mexico in um you know what's happening with russia and ukraine like all of that stuff like we are so much more aware of it because of media but i do agree that sometimes they take it way too freaking far and exploit mm -hmm. all of these people 100 percent. there's not there's not a line a lot of the time. So anyways, yep, I agree. Also, so random. Well, not really random. Do you know that um, a person did the same thing that Danny did for 9-11? <gasps> no. Yeah. I don't because like it's funny because it's like when you watch this movie, you're like, oh, my God, who would ever do that? There was a woman in New York who did the same. Well, I don't even know if she lived in New York. She did the same thing with 9-11 and she like started a foundation, did all these support groups, raised money, like acting like she was there day of 9-11 in New York when she wasn't. Do you think this is what it was like kind of based off of and then they like modernized it to like have more of a discourse yeah. on other things going on or like was it just like a coincidence? Yeah, I guess I'm not sure. Like I haven't, I haven't listened to enough interviews or read enough about Quinn Shepard's like desire and commentary for this movie mm -hmm. i mean i definitely understand the general commentary but mm -hmm. i don't know if it like was specific to the woman for 9-11 but it's freaking wild <laughs> that makes me sick to my stomach like right gosh. right like it's insane and she and this happened for years like years and years like danny i think her stunt lasted like a month or two but this this woman who did the 9-11 thing years and years and she was just recent well not recently but like in the past couple of years she was finally charged because like her her little like thing got like exploited like people found out i don't know but then another thing about this movie it's like and i and I think partly because of like my career, I really try to mm -hmm. find empathy for those people or and be like, what what actually drove yes. them to do that? And I think that's no. part of what this movie was saying too. like, no, yes. she didn't get a redemption arc. But what was the motivation behind doing something yes. that crazy? So um, that it's extreme. Just, it's interesting. Really? So I'm curious. I'm curious what that woman who did that and was just charged for yeah. it like what made her decide to do that or like what what was her motivation behind it you know yeah and like I think for Danny as well too like we already grasped the fact that she was very lonely so again when she did the whole Paris thing I was like okay cool that's harmless in a sense right mm -hmm. but the second that you start lying about the attacks that had literally happened that day 
That's like that's horrible. way too far. Yeah. God. I agree. Oh my gosh. Okay. I will say when everyone started following her on Instagram though, and the fact that Dylan O'Brien's characters like Colin's Instagram handle was Weed Boy Colin, I <laughs> died. Like that was so funny to me. Again, they just took his character and ran with it in the most absurd direction, you know? No, I agree. Oh I agree. Oh my gosh. So when everything kind of went down after the airport, the way that Danny would flip between being happy that she was getting attention to acting sad about the attacks made me so sick and angry. I was mm-hmm. like, first of all, how can people not realize that she's faking it? Literally. Like, I understand in real life it's probably harder to spot, but it just irked me so much. I was like, you guys, please, please do not see this. Do not see what is happening and how how basically she can just flip a switch and then she's sad. Or then she flips Literally. another switch and she's super happy with all of the attention and special treatment she's getting. I was like, ugh. And then that also kind of uh, reminded me of, crap, what is that called when something syndrome? Um, when your captor takes you, but then Stockholm the victim becomes yes that kind of well a little bit of that because the captor feeds off of the attention kind of with like gypsy rose i don't know if you've heard of her case but of course i have i watched the act on hulu oh nice yeah so kind of with like her mom how her mom loved the attention because of all the attention that her daughter was getting you know and so that kind of reminded me of like what Danny was feeling of like oh my god I feel so special and I'm, I'm getting an office and I'm getting an article at depravity or whatever um but then she would just flip and be like really sad I was like that's psycho behavior right there okay so I did make a note later on in the movie but I'll just bring it up now okay I totally agree that it came off as like how is that not so obvious that is not okay like, how yeah. are you flipping so fast? The one thing I will say is that everyone reacts to trauma differently, right? So someone could go exactly. through the yes. same event and they will have completely different reactions. And so I wonder if like the people in the movie kind of didn't pick up on that because they're like, mm-hmm. you just went through something traumatic and you're yes. reacting the way that you're going to react. So I'm not going to yeah. read into it because you would never lie about something like that. So you're just reacting to the trauma, you know? Liter- so I think- ex- literally, exactly. Exactly. That's such a good point because, which we'll get to later, something similar along that lines happens between her and Rowan as well during a support Mm -hmm. group um, scene. But we'll get there later. But you're so, you're so freaking right. When Danny meets Rowan Aldrin and realizes who she is, I was like, of fucking course. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my, like everything was so perfect again because it's a freaking movie but I was like of course this is exactly what Danny needs right she needs Rowan's platform and she's gonna exploit this freaking kid just in general I think for this movie is that every single time something would happen or something was introduced it was only making the situation worse which is why Literally. I felt like when Rowan was introduced I was like are you kidding me and it was causing me not too much anxiety, but like it's almost like I could feel a sense of doom. Like yep. I was like, oh my gosh, something's something's going to happen. The other shoe is going to drop, which mm-hmm. I really liked that the film did this is that Danny, interestingly enough, was getting almost like PTSD of the guy who actually did mm-hmm. the bombings in his like coat or whatever with his like 
face blacked out, but it kept counting down in French, almost like it was counting down when the mm-hmm. truth would would come out for her. And mm-hmm. I really liked that they did that because it signified to me that Danny 100% knew what she was doing the entire time and mm-hmm. still did it anyways. Yep. I totally agree. And yeah. I think this is kind of a little random, but I think like you were talking about when she got introduced to Rowan, it made me so anxious i think especially because of course rowan was like a school shooting victim yes and that story unfolded more as the film went on and got more heartbreaking i think but like yeah i think that that's such a prevalent issue like now and like thinking about when this movie was written to when it was released and just thinking about how like really nothing has changed and like these impassioned kids are like standing up for like their own safety when they are too young like they they shouldn't have to be doing that but here she is doing this anyway even though it's so hard for her to get on that stage Mm -hmm. every time like it just really it really hit me and like I can't imagine being connected to someone who was like in a situation like that so like what do I really know but like it's just really really heartbreaking I think exactly it it was hard to watch in some and I think that's what the director did on purpose Mm -hmm. because she knew that no matter what this situation would always always be top of mind which is so unfortunate which also reminds me I don't know if you've seen it you probably have but um I think it was after like the Sandy Hook or the one that or the park one in Florida. Um, There was a PSA video that released a couple years ago about like back to school. But it was basically like a like a shooter, a shooter PSA video. And it resurfaced when the Texas school shooting happened again. And I was like, this is insane that that video was made all the way back. I don't know. 2016 2017 and it is still relevant today in 2020 like it just baffled me but I remember after that one I remember thinking what else needs to happen like those were little children and like the fact that nothing has changed so we don't need to continue down that path but like I just it it makes me sick to my stomach and it's hard not to be able to have hope about that situation because like really I feel like when is anything going to change, you know? It's, Definitely. It's hard. So when Danny recommended to her boss that she write an article about her experience experience to be published on <clears throat> Depravity, which is where she works, I was like, what fucking experience, Danny? What are you going to write? Please entertain me. And then that led her to exploit Rowan and how Rowan writes because she has spoken at these rallies and her spoken poetry is absolutely stunning. So Danny's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, let me just go exploit her, which made me so sick to my stomach because what Rowan had to say was absolutely 100% true. And the fact that Danny took her words to perpetuate her false truth, her her false experience, just like made it even freaking worse. That was almost one of the worst parts to me because mm-hmm. you are getting all these attention from your coworkers. They're now inviting yeah. you out places. Your crush is inviting you out. Your family is showing you that they care, like all these different things. But then you go again and make another choice to take even further advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when are you going to end? Like, how how are you letting it go this far? Yes. And not even, it wasn't presented to you. You made that up on your own. Like, it just 
It just kept getting worse. And I was like, how is it getting worse? You know, it's like she kept spiraling down further and further into the funnel of like no point of return. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Like I was like, okay, fine. Like if you want to dig your own grave, go for it because Mm -hmm. she is completely aware of what she's doing. And then I think shortly after this scene, there is another support group scene where you can see Rowan kind of doubt Danny, which we mm-hmm. had just mentioned. But you can see Rowan literally question Danny about like what she's saying because Danny is super happy that her article went viral or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you can kind of see how Rowan's like, oh, crap, I I shouldn't have done that. Like everyone's experience is their, mm-hmm. is their own. They all we all experience something differently, um, which hurts even more because it shows that rowan is so so kind and understanding Mm -hmm. like it just made it even freaking worse no it did because i remember i noted that moment too i was like rowan's kind of catching on to her but she cannot fathom someone doing something like that so she's like yeah how did that even cross my mind i think she almost felt a little guilty about feeling that way which made me sick to my stomach because rowan's like the sweetest care like most caring i know her character was so palpable and like beautiful like beautifully written to me so i just have to give a shout out to that so this party that colin invites danny to I was like, okay, I guess. Like, this is everything that she wanted. So I was like, okay, Danny, you know, go get your, like, five seconds of fame, whatever. Um, But I did feel like at the end of the party, Danny did get a wake-up call. And I'm very Mm -hmm. happy that she did go to kickball after what happened in the bathroom. Because I feel like, unfortunately, in some ironic, really twisted way, she belonged more with the support group than she would ever belong in that influencer influencer mm-hmm. circle, even though she didn't technically belong in both groups because she was lying, which is like the most fucked up part. But 100%. the party in itself was weird. And I was like, OK, <laughs> I have a couple things to say. Yes. So first of all, in the freaking bathroom, if you guys listen to the podcast on the regular, you know I was gonna ask that you, this. <laughs> you know that your girl Theoni does not do well with the dirty talk, does not mm-hmm. do well with the nicknames, does not. Mm-hmm. So when Dylan O'Brien he says, <laughs> I can't even say it up loud. You have quotes. That's pretty brave of you that you went back and wrote it down. <laughs> okay. So who who's my damaged little girl? Okay, that wait, wait, wait. This is my this is my note. It says who's my this is all in caps, okay? It says okay. who's my damaged little girl? Huh? I'm gonna throw up Selena, this bathroom scene. You're so fucking helpless. I quit. And he choked her. I hate my life. That was the chaos of my note about that. He said, You're so fucking helpless. Like, oh my god. And then and then it ends with her saying, Did you just come in me? And she mm-hmm. like, what the heck? That was the most painful full scene i was like i cannot even watch this right now like it was so gross horrible so horrible (laughs) and the fact that he was like he i think it was like he said the whole damaged girl thing and he's like i'm i'm gonna take care of you i'm gonna protect you or whatever and i was like throw up his idea of protecting her is gifting her a joint 
Remember yes. that? My God. Exactly. And it goes back to the fact where it's like at the beginning of the movie, he had Instagram DM'd her being like, I really hope you're okay. And then at the bar at that party, he was like, oh, I just like want to make sure that you're okay. All of that seemed genuine until this freaking sex scene where he's like, I'm, I'm going to protect you. Like, it's just a kink for him. That's it. He doesn't care about you. No. And that's when it like clicked in my head. And I was like, no, you're trash. <laughs> Ooh, it was so painful. I literally yeah. was like, I can't, like, I, I physically <laughs> cannot. <laughs> yes, I agree. Okay, mm. I will say after this whole scene, I died laughing when Danny gave the homeless woman her info. <gasps> She's like, here, yes. I'm going to give this to you. <laughs> and then the homeless person opens up the freaking teeth whitener light. And she's like, yeah. what the F is this? Yes. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it was like cut off because then it went to the next part. It was so funny. Like the timing, all good. I was just going to say one more thing about the party thing when uh-huh. they were like, when he was like trying to hike up her freaking dress and she was wearing Spanx <laughs> under her dress. I was like, I've never related so hard to Danny <laughs> than this moment because I was like I have to wear Spanx or something underneath a dress because I'm like I can't I can't do it <laughs> I wish I could say the same but I'm always like well I'm a risk it for the biscuit and we'll see, because it's just so uncomfortable I can't, you know? I can't no I think I, I know- would if I got skims but the the shorts that I have right now yes. like the spandex like they're so uncomfortable mm-hmm. I can't do so oh my gosh anyway. I keep seeing the sp- skims bodysuit on my for I you page it. and I'm convinced <sighs> I have to buy it no I literally do so maybe yeah. maybe we can um maybe we can buy it or maybe you know what would make us feel better about it if we like bought it for each other as a nice little gift so then it's yes. not like we're spending money for ourselves you know exactly it's not a waste of money if you're gifting it unto another yes it's just generosity Anyways, yes. um, okay and then she goes back to the office right yes what happens so. at the office because I have a note. Okay, so she goes back to the office and she's finally writing her article, right? Um, oh, yes. And because then that's when she leaves her laptop open and Harper, yes, l- like looks at it. And as she's leaving the office before Harper gets the information from the laptop, she basically gives a big no to Colin. She's like, nope, don't want to talk to you, whatever. And then she walks away and he goes bitches am i right <laughs> and then and then he goes damn she goes <laughs> he goes damn she still got that backside though that thicky that fatty and i literally died <laughs> and then that's when the main comment is made by harper that whole little scene made me laugh so hard but the one yeah. thing I will say, the humor they injected into this movie was the perfect amount to not detract from, like, the serious topics. Yes. But, like, w- was so funny. She got that thicky, that fatty. I died. Like, actually laughed out loud. The thing is, is that, like, Zillennials and um, Gen Z, <sighs> we say that in not, like, a funny way. It's, like, literally that's... Our vocabulary, unfortunately. And and in a way that, like, the director made it 
where it wasn't again like drawing away from the greater of the story but also just like made it almost so seamless like that was just mm-hmm. just his vocabulary and that's how he <laughs> talked and like it was so normal at that point of the movie which I loved because it's mm-hmm. so painfully accurate <laughs> literally it, truly disgusting <laughs> yeah <laughs> I will say I really like the scene in the car with her and Rowan singing complicated by Avril Lavigne that just made my heart so warm Oh my gosh again it like made my heart war- warm but then it made me feel so sad because i'm like danny this is all fake. you're lying you're like yes i was like what are you what are you doing i know you want to make rowan feel good but you know everything you have ever told her is based on a lie and it just ugh, i mean yeah and then we get to the rally mm-hmm. thoughts comments concerns i thought it was so heartbreaking with the fireworks Mm -hmm. like I felt I know so so bad for Rowan but I think this scene made it very very clear that Danny didn't understand the trauma that Rowan went through even Mm -hmm. though she was supposedly at the Paris bombing which is something very very traumatic and she kept asking Rowan like Rowan what's happening omg like just very confused and also just dismissing being like oh my god it's fireworks it's fireworks like that's it that's it Mm -hmm. like Hun, that is not how it works. No, literally. Mm -hmm. And again, I think this scene works so well to show us that Danny doesn't understand what Mm -hmm. her lie is based on is all just her lie. Anything with her experiences, her feelings, like nothing. She doesn't understand anything like that. No, she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a really hard scene to watch. And then the way that like yeah. the news people swarmed into them in that yeah. moment, like again, that just because that's real life, unfortunately, yeah. right? Again, with the way like the news many times, not all the time, will take advantage of these stories and be so focused on getting the story that they don't um recognize what she's going through. And then again, I think yeah. we get more dialogue or like discourse on that topic when they're in the hospital room and they're talking and Rowan's saying like I don't know how you stayed so strong like I'm supposed to be setting an example and I'm weak and all of these things and that was just really heartbreaking to me because I'm like because it's true people are like why is she freaking out and then the video of those two guys saying there's snowflake and stuff like that like literally made me sick to my stomach because like People are like that in real life. And then also exactly. people view and people view trauma survivors who react in that way as weak sometimes. And that's yeah. just so disgusting to me. Yeah. It it just it, it was really hard to watch, honestly. No, I agree. I agree because it at that point the movie was more realistic to life than it mm-hmm. ever was before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it made me feel so queasy it's because Mm -hmm. it was walking that line and it just tipped over into reality because that's how it is unfortunately literally when harper came over to danny's apartment i knew it was game over i was like you were in deep shit now Mm -hmm. and a part of me felt a bit mad and irritated um that harper had invaded danny's privacy but also all of that went away when i was like no nope you did this to yourself like harper Mm -hmm. could have went into your computer and did all of that stuff like i don't feel bad for you like no you deserved it at this point 100 percent. again agree with you that i don't love the invasion of privacy but at the same time like it just goes to show that like it's gonna come out one way or another right whether heather had done that or heather whether harper had done that or not 
the lie was gonna come to the light eventually anyway I do have mad respect for Harper though that she was like you can either do this yourself or I'm gonna do it you get until this time like whatever and then the line that really got to me though was when Harper said to Danny you owe Rowan an apology that yeah struck a chord to me like that made me tear up I was like holy like oh my gosh another thing too that Harper had said was like people died Danny like literally people died during this attack and you're here faking it and I think that was a huge shift for Danny to realize that like what she had done was so freaking horrible and just to Mm -hmm. give her like a perspective on the reality of the situation of like Mm -hmm. you fucked up you fucked up and you clearly do not care about all these other victims in this bombing 100 percent. and i think another point to that line that harper said about like people literally died i think Mm -hmm. that like kind of at the rally when like Danny had mentioned um Rowan's sister Cora and like think that's her name right Cora yeah yeah I think yeah. so um I think that was kind of Danny realizing like I like why did I do this but now that I did yes. I'm not gonna come clean about it but I'm gonna no. try to use it in a positive way now you know and I think that's why she went to the rally so it was almost like a little bit of the guilt and she's like well I don't feel guilty enough to come clean about it but I'm gonna try to like make a positive effort out of it and then her saying that I think realized the depth of how bad the situation went and then of course her apology just made me sick to my stomach because it's the kind of apologies that we get from celebrities and whoever all the time in the media like it's ridiculous like it's basically saying I take full responsibility for my actions but here's all the excuses of why I did what I did that's not in it that's not an apology no and you could see Danny literally start to write a little section to Rowan because mm-hmm. you're correct that the entire article was about her and at the end she said to Rowan mm-hmm. and then she erased it and I was like yep that like cements that you clearly don't care or you your mind cannot fathom that you hurt other people mm-hmm. as badly as you did <sighs> another thing though too with her apology I was mm-hmm. just you know, similar with the entire movie, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And that was when Rowan came to the office. And it was so messed up that mm-hmm. Danny's office was glass and everyone could watch through it. I loved it, though, in a way because it was so creative, but also had a commentary that we get to see almost a lot of things with media mm-hmm. and we we weren't hearing anything of their argument but we could see everything happened which sure. is so crazy because it's like we are bystanders in like very very public matters mm-hmm. so we are watching everything unfold almost all the time 24 mm-hmm. 7 but the way that they had framed it where everyone was outside her office like her glass mm-hmm. office I was like oh my god this makes me feel sick that mm-hmm. everyone is watching no truly it was it was so heartbreaking okay and then I think it goes to the part where it says I don't get a redemption arc which I thought that was so powerful which we kind of talked about at the beginning of the episode but I I appreciated that a lot because I think a lot of the times with movies it's always like 
even if it's like a brief epilogue situation where it shows down the line they're doing good and blah 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 like that's not the reality a lot of time and i think especially Mm -hmm. with like celebrities who do like do wrong and then whatever they kind of expect time to just like go by and then it'll be fine and they say oh I'm gonna do the work and they actually don't do the work and whatever so like I liked ending it with like her or like Danny finally sitting with her guilt you know and that's just where it ended I thought that was really powerful but what irked me though is that she was in the support (coughs) group and she's like I don't know if I learned anything which, I mean, I think it was like a month. Was it a month time jump, if I'm remembering that right? I or? think so. I think so. Okay. When she was like, I don't think I've learned anything. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Because it's only been a month. I guess I will give that to you. I was still annoyed. And then when the the like leader of the support group was like, have you thought of doing an apology? I was like, oh. Yeah, that is nice because I think I definitely relate in a way where it's like sometimes you need closure. And so I definitely understand that people who need closure can get closure, right? Like that's just Mm -hmm. how you're able to cope, move on, whatever. Mm -hmm. I was very hopeful that that would happen and that she Mm -hmm. had written up in her phone and it was very sweet and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff until Rowan took the stage and fucking decimated her i was like nope never mind you don't get anything no 100 percent. and i think that goes to show again it made it so realistic because just because you make amends with someone just because you try to apologize does not mean yep. they're going to forgive you or even if they yes. do forgive you doesn't mean that they have to like reintegrate themselves into your lives after yes. they wronged you like you know, and I think and I think seeing that apology written out to Rowan on her phone and then her deciding to not show it to her and kind of clapping for her a little bit at the end mm. was almost a little bit of Danny coming to peace with the fact like, you know what? Yes. I I don't I don't deserve her forgiveness and yeah. I have to live with that and have to be proud of her for speaking her truth, even if it makes yes. me feel like crap. And I think that again I don't know. I just think it was really powerful the way it was done, to be honest. It was so incredibly powerful. And I love that that is how the director decided to end the film. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, you know what? Great. Like I, it was so powerful in the right way. And Mm -hmm. again, that's why I argue that it was Rowan's story. Like this is Rowan's movie, even though Danny might be the the, like narrator that we are following, unfortunately. Um, But... I just I just remember watching it and I was like gasping and saying oh shit the entire Mm -hmm. time because I was like oh my gosh it just was so powerful everything that she said was so true Mm -hmm. and also I love that we were able to pan over to Danny because you could see like the realization set in like holy shit this is what I did and nothing will ever freaking fix it oh 100% and I do have to just give a shout out to like the sin like the thoughtfulness that went into the cinematography because like the last shot of the movie where it's like on the aisle and she has the hood up like she was Mm -hmm. the one who did it and then she just walked into the darkness like oh I got chills just like watching that I was like holy crap so again like you said it just it wrapped it all up so perfectly I thought that's basically the film do you have any other like closing thoughts no I don't think so but I will say like outside of the way that the support groups were portrayed in some ways 
I I did really enjoy the movie a lot and I think yeah. it's actually a really important movie and I'm actually when we're done with this I want to go read the reviews because I'm really curious what yeah. other people thought of it you know um and yeah. I'm always curious to see other perspectives because sometimes almost like purple hearts like we were talking about at the beginning <laughs> like the yeah. first time I watched it I didn't really realize how bad it was in some ways until yeah. I like heard other people's discourse on it so I'm curious because this movie had so many like important topics and like mm-hmm. traumatic topics covered i'm curious if anyone has like a different perspective on it that maybe i definitely. am not realizing it you know no definitely i think regardless though it is such an important commentary mm-hmm. totally. that applies so much to today's world that it's yeah. just freaking insane like crazy 100 percent. well it's important to have movies about topics that like need to be talked about more because regardless of whether or not some people liked it or some people didn't we're here talking about it talking about these important things and feeling things about topics that are so heavy on like our society you know so either way it succeeded in that way in my eyes so selena what's our topic for next week next week we will be listening and discussing demi lovato's newest album which releases august 19th i believe which is a friday Um, I'm very excited because this is very different from her other albums Mm -hmm. and because it's like rock right Mm -hmm. like almost hard rock rock almost yeah yeah which I'm super excited because again I think her voice fits Mm -hmm. that genre so well and so don't get me wrong I love all of her pop songs but Mm -hmm. I I'm hopeful that this one will be good (laughs) me too and I'm also excited to like look at it lyrically too you know I love my lyrics but based off of her like dancing with the devil the art of starting over album she talked a lot about like her sobriety and like her experience with going like her near-death experience and then listening to her song skin of my teeth it's almost similar like vibes so I'm curious if the lyrics will be different or if it's like very much still writing about the same experience or you know just analyzing that too but oh yeah anyways um well i'm glad we got to watch that movie and i hope you guys enjoyed listening to us talk about it and we'll see you next week bye